Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Here they come, back into turn number three. Larson's going to drive it deep. Young Money looking for the big money deep in the heart of Texas. Who is going to the bank off four final time. Checkered flag is out. Kyle Larson has picked up a million dollars. He scores the win in the NASCAR All-Star Race, the 2021 version here at the Texas Motor Speedway. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity XFi, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ally Week on MRN and another edition of NASCAR Live right here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you as we get geared up and we're getting ready to sail on into Nashville, Tennessee this weekend. Before we do that, we've got some unfinished business from the All-Star Race at Texas Motor Speedway. Like talk with the race winner, Kyle Larson. He's done his share of winning lately. He won the all-star race. He's going to join us on the show today to talk about that and a whole lot more. As we gear up for our run into Nashville Super Speedway this weekend, we're going to visit with track president Eric Moses. This will be his first race weekend. We'll chat with him about how things are going and what we can expect when we pull in for this weekend's triple header. Also, had a chance to visit with Alex Bowman recently. You're going to hear part of that conversation. Of course, he drives the Ally Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. We'll preview the racing at Nashville. Plus, we'll be joined by country music star Chris Jansen and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here to get us caught up on the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle? Mike, all three of NASCAR's National Series head to the Nashville Super Speedway in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend. And kicking off the triple header will be the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series on Friday night. John Hunter Nemechek is the series points leader and the most recent winner last week in Texas, and says that after a tough rookie season in the NASCAR Cup Series last year, it's been nice to find success while remaining in NASCAR's top three series this year, driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports. I feel like I went through a little bit of a mental battle uh, last year during during parts of the year, and then for myself, it was uh, it was the right call. I took a bet on myself at the end of the year, and ultimately, uh, we've been past every week. And team owner Kyle Busch believes that Nemechek has his KBM team back on track. 
after a rough couple of seasons of missing the championship four. I feel, um, you know, like KBM is on the right path and on the right track, you know, to be obviously a force to be reckoned with. John Hunter is uh, week in, week out, running up front, doing good things, winning stages, leading laps and, um, you know, winning races. Our live coverage of Friday night's Rackley Roofing 200 is set for 8 p.m. Eastern time. And this weekend, we'll have a country music flair to it, as expected in Music City. Multi-platinum artist Luke Combs will serve as the Grand Marshal for Sunday's Ally 400, while Grand Old Opry member Chris Jansen will perform the pre-race concert. For all the details of NASCAR's big weekend in Music City, see MRN.com. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll chat with Kyle Larson, fresh off that all-star win at Texas, and later, Eric Moses will join us. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Wheeland would like to congratulate Kyle Larson and his number five Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Texas Motor Speedway. They are the Wheeland pit crew of the week. Following the victory, Larson thanked his team for once again building a fast hot rod. I'm not the wor- the ones that, that works on the cars, so I think that's a big credit to Hendrick Motorsports and everybody back at the shop, the engine shop. I mean, because they've been put in the work. So it's a shame we've got only you know, half a season or whatever left with this package. Um, but, you know, I think next year will be hopefully just as good. Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Kyle Larson has been on a tear of late, winning this past weekend's All-Star Race. It's his second in three years, following back-to-back wins at Charlotte and Sonoma. Our Kim Kuhn caught up with the driver of the number five, Hendrick Motorsports Chevy Camaro. So first off, congrats on taking home the big check in the NASCAR All-Star Race. You've been winning everything lately, so I feel like I have to specify which win. (laughs) But that was your second All-Star win and uh, the second team you've been able to win it with. People talk about what a second championship means. Is there any kind of significance in winning the All-Star Race more than once? Well, I think they were were both exciting kind of wins for me and came from getting you know good restarts um two different racetracks two different teams um i would say both kind of similar you know felt like maybe maybe at the charlotte race i felt like my car from what i remember my car was really good so um where this one at texas my car was really bad um for the you know second and third round so i i kind of didn't think that i would even have a shot to win um, so I think Texas means a lot because, you know, there was moments of the race where I thought, you know, I, I wouldn't win and we were able to get the job done. So I think, I think those types of wins, um, have a little bit more meaning just because of the, the hard work, the little bit harder work that it took to, to get it done. Last year, you spent time away from NASCAR traveling all over the country, racing 
all sorts of things and winning a lot. Do you think that you've increased eyes on NASCAR or interest from fans of other types of racing who maybe didn't have a huge interest in NASCAR before because of your ability to win in pretty much anything? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm a unique race car driver where I get to compete in in a lot of different forms of racing. Um, you know, now that I've kind of gotten to the, the dirt late model stuff too, I think I've helped kind of bridge the gap between a lot of different you know series and things like that. You know, I think where you know a lot of sprint car fans didn't watch late model races and and vice versa, where late model fans didn't watch sprint car races, and then you know now that I'm, I'm back in NASCAR, I, I have multiple fans come up to me every night and, and tell me that, you know, they're watching NASCAR again. Um, and I, and I'm the reason for that. So that's special to me and it, it makes me feel good and it makes me feel like I'm having a positive impact on the sport. And, and I, and I love, you know, I, I love just trying and I, and I don't really have to try, you know, it's just, I love racing. So it comes naturally, but, I love being able to feel like I'm, you know, growing motorsports. Do you feel like it adds any pressure to you having all different types of fans from all over racing watching you and, and specifically fans maybe watching you in a series that they're not as familiar with? Um, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I feel a little more pressure, I, I think, in the late model stuff, just because I'm so new in it, and I want to do a good job, and I and I want to show people that, you know, it's just another race car, and and not that anybody can do it, but you know, that if you're talented enough, you you can do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm in I'm in really good equipment, and I feel like anytime I show up to the racetrack, and no matter what type of car I've got a good shot to win so that that kind of takes a lot of the pressure off the uh average age of the driver lineup at Hendrick is very young something like I don't know 26 or 27 I'd have to do the math collectively one of the youngest teams what does the dynamic look like over there and and has it changed a little bit for you specifically because right now you're the top dog yeah I don't know I, I I I do enjoy you know having really a really young team kind of all around i feel like even the mechanics like looking around the race shop i feel like a lot of the people are young and that that's that's a good thing i think to have um is young people with experience and and that hunger to get better um and i think the same goes for us drivers you know we're all hungry and you know we do have a decent amount of experience between the four of us so yeah it's good and we and we all work well together um i feel like we communicate well in the competition meetings and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we've all been performing really well and, and working really well together on the racetrack. And, and at the same time, we're still racing each other really hard. So, um, you know, it's been nice to have a lot of us contending for wins these last couple months. And, and it's, it's a lot of hard work to do that, you know, and especially have four teams doing it is, is extremely tough to do, but, We've got a great organization, and um, you know it, it starts with with Mr. H and his his leadership. Yeah, you guys all, you, Alex, William, Chase have all really, really been you know top of the board all season long. It seems like though uh, Chase specifically, uh, continually at least recently, is finding himself chasing you. Uh, how do you keep that 
from creating division within the organization when one person is outperforming another, or is it an instance where it actually is motivating to the rest of the team? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think it's, I think it's you know, motivating probably everybody in the race shop to, to get better. Um, in, in ourselves included, you know, we want to, we want to stay as good as we are, but like I mentioned, I, I think, you know, all of us teammates we're young and, and we get along and, we work well together on and off the racetrack. So, um, you know, I think as long as we can stay, you know, communicating well and working together well, it'll be hard. It'll be hard to, to beat us. You know, I think you can look at a lot of the teams, you know, you can use Penske and Gibbs as, as great examples of, you know, there's a lot of times throughout the last you know handful of years where the, where the teammates start to, you know, butt heads with each other and, it just adds some unneeded drama. So uh, I think if we can you know, avoid that, that'd be you know, good for everybody. Is there any fear that Hendrick and your team, the five teams specifically, are peaking too early in the season? And does it even feel like a peak? Or do you feel like there is still plenty of room for you guys to climb as the season moves on? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's definitely in the back of your mind, but... Um... And, you know, because there is still such a long time left in the season. But, yeah, I feel like we'll, con- you know, hopefully you don't really know. But, you know, I think we can continue to to get better than we even are right now. You know, we've been we've been slowly getting better all season long. And, and I, I haven't felt like we're, we're stopping anytime soon. So, um, but things change and, um, you know, teams get better, teams get worse. I just, you know, yeah, I hope we can, I hope we can peak, you know, come, you know, middle of the playoffs. That'd be that'd be great. To your point, teams uh, do get better and they do catch up. At what point do you think the other teams in the garage could catch up? And what at what point do they need to catch up if they want to have any shot at at, at taking down Hendrick? Because you guys, like I said, have just been dynamite all season. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, you know, every week teams are getting better and teams are learning and searching and. You know, some weekends they might hit on something, and some some weekends they might go the wrong direction. You know, and that's what's that's what's difficult about this season, and you know, I think with no practice and stuff like that. So, um, you know, a lot of teams are probably looking forward to weekends like you know Nashville and and Road America coming up, where they can get some practice and you know learn more about the direction that they're headed down. And you know, the same goes for us too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know when it becomes desperation time or anything like that. But I think you just always want to be progressing. Thank you, Kim. Coming up, we'll look ahead to this weekend's racing festivities at Nashville with Eric Moses. And later, Ally Chevy driver Alex Bowman will join us. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR will make its return to Music City this weekend as the NASCAR Cup Series 
NASCAR Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will race outside Music City at Nashville Super Speedway. MRN's Woody Kane caught up with Nashville Super Speedway track president Eric Moses ahead of this big racing weekend. Eric Moses is with us. He's the track president of Nashville Super Speedway, the site of a triple header this weekend as NASCAR returns to the Music City. And Eric, the clock is ticking, and I know there is no one on planet Earth who hears that louder than you. But I got to ask, have you been able to sneak in a sandwich or a quick cat nap along the way? How are you holding up? I had a banana this morning, so my mom would be my mom would be proud of me. I put something on my stomach to go with the coffee. So yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a huge undertaking because it's been almost ten years since we had NASCAR racing in in Nashville, and uh, getting the track back to where it's ready to roll, ready to roll, and be a showplace again. What was involved with that? Because I know it had to be a huge undertaking. Yeah, we've been uh, busy really since we announced back in June of last year that the track would be reopening to host a, a Cup Series race. Um, as you said, kind of for the first time in 37 years in this market, believe it or not. Um, so th there are very few spaces around this campus and this track that were not touched in our upgrades and renovations. You know, that includes everything from our infield uh, asphalt track. Uh, to our uh, luxury suite complex, our infield care center, our media center, lighting, sound systems. Um, just about everything out here has been touched and addressed in some way to get it ready for our debut on Friday night. Speaking of that, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, you've got action all three days. What's the main thing fans need to be aware of if they're coming to one of those nights? I had heard uh, the last time you and I spoke, you didn't know yet what your capacity was going to be. Now you do, and you've, you've knocked it over the fence, it sounds like. Yeah, we're really, really pleased with the uh, with the response in the marketplace. We knew that this was a great market for for NASCAR, and that fans have been thirsting for for the Cup drivers to get back here in Middle Tennessee. But you know, there's good racing all three days, and uh, it's going to be fantastic to watch those trucks get after it under the lights on Friday night. And, and that will be the first time we put uh, we put any vehicles on this track in 10 years. And so we're we're telling people, especially folks in Wilson and Rutherford counties here out in, uh, in, in, in Middle Tennessee, that that's a, a little bit of a tribute to, to those to our home counties. You know, we want those folks who have supported us all along the way and have supported us in coming back to come out so we can uh, pay tribute to them. Uh, but great racing all three nights. There'll be some good, uh, good music out here in our campgrounds and around the campus. We've got a mobile stage with some buskers, so people get that Nashville uh, taste even out here in the, in the counties. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Now, as the whole country begins to open back up and get closer to what normal is going to be, when we, when we think of Nashville Super Speedway, what are some of the things that you'll have available for folks? Everywhere we go now, masks are available. There's sanitizer, washing stations, and what have you. What kinds of things are you making available to fans or, or encouraging them to do? Well, we are you know, following CDC guidelines, and so we are encouraging those who are not fully vaccinated uh, to wear masks. Uh, those who obviously feel uh, uncomfortable or want to or take uh, extra precautions to keep themselves and others around them safe. Uh, we have no problems with folks wearing masks. We will have plenty of, uh, of sanitizing stations uh, around here. Uh, but as you know, our state uh, has no restrictions. And, um, and we will also, as I understand, Vanderbilt uh, Medical uh, Center, one of our partners, will be out in our fan zone uh, providing vaccinations for those who are interested. 
Oh, cool. That's fantastic. Vanderbilt, one of the most respected institutions around the country for sure. And uh, that's uh, something that gives a lot of credibility to that effort in, a, in, in so many ways. But as we get ready to get racing, uh, what tickets are still available? Are there sites available? Are there just single seats available? What can folks still do and how can they get in touch with you? Uh, we've got some good availability for Friday night and for Saturday. Obviously, uh, Sunday is, is, is sold out. Uh, you can still find those uh, uh, on Ticketmaster.com for verified resellers there uh, on our website. Uh, but Friday and Saturday, plenty of great seats are, are still available. We, we want folks to come out and, and take that in. As you, as you know, Woody, better than most, I mean, the, the, the guys and gals you're seeing uh, driving on Friday night in the truck series uh, on the Xfinity series on Saturday will be people that you, you may end up seeing on a cup series in a couple of years. And, and in some cases, as with Kyle Bush, who's on running our, uh, in our uh, Tennessee lottery 250 on, on Saturday, uh, you'll get to see him Saturday and Sunday. What will the evaluation process be like for your team after this in terms of, of going forward and making things even better? Well, we're fortunate to have a, a fan council that we, we uh, composed a couple weeks ago. Uh, we will lean on those folks heavily uh, to help us with some insights from, from a fan's perspective to think about ways that we can improve uh, our overall offerings uh, and our execution here at, at, at the racetrack. Um, and, and, and we'll be looking for, for other interesting things to do. I mean, the, the, uh, the challenge, Woody, for, for us is how do we make certain that we are being true to the sport, that we are emphasizing the things that make this sport so special, but that we're also not afraid to be creative. We're not afraid to, to try some different things and to engage not only our core fans, but to engage others who might want to dip their toe in the water and come out and see what's all this talk about NASCAR in Nashville and to give them some things that, that maybe are, uh, are unexpected and will bring them back year over year as well. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, my conversation with Alex Bowman. And later, we look ahead to NASCAR's return to Nashville. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley been fun watching you guys race it seems like lately that if it's not you it's william it's chase or most recently that it's kyle hendrick motorsports is positioned right now as that number one team a lot is said about well you guys have the same thing you know what each other has and you're trying to find a way through is that a factual assessment of the successes of of you knowing what the three of your teammates have and you're trying to find your way through to try to beat them each and every week because that that seems like what it comes down to one Hendrick card trying to beat another for these race wins yeah for sure I mean I wouldn't say we have like we never have the same thing going to the racetrack right and that's it's not that we can't it's that we all like every team has their opinions of what's going to be best so we all have the same tools to try to achieve the same goal and, and the same resources, but each crew chief and engineer is going to put their own spin on it, put their own tweaks on it. So um, it's not like, you know, the 400 cars are showing up identical every week. You know, we're all putting our own twist on what we think is going to work the best. And some weeks it's been the best for us. Other weeks it's been the best for the, the five, the nine or the 24. So, um, you know, we, we can all look at each other's notes and, and learn from what made a guy better or what made us better th than one of the other guys and, and try to understand that to continue to improve. I think what's going on right now is, is we're keeping each other like optimized and, and honest, you know, we're, we're pushing each other to be better because the four of us are all 
so strong right now. Um, you know, we can, we all want to go win races and, and we know that we're going to be racing our teammates and it's kind of, it's keeping it, you know, super competitive and, and keeping us trying to improve each and every week, which I think is really, really important. Um, you know, the sport comes in and goes, it goes up and down and you see teams dominate and then fall off. And I think the fact that all four teams are so strong and continuing to push each other will hopefully keep, uh, keep what we have going on lasting as long as possible. But how nerve wracking is that though? It's definitely nerve wracking, right? Like, um, you know, the way, the way things are right now, I thought that's how it was going to be in 2018 when I started for Hendrick Motorsports full-time. I thought we were just going to go out and, and win a bunch of races and, um, and everything was going to be good. And, and it wasn't, it was a rough couple of years. So, um, you know, knowing where we're at right now and, and how hard we had to work to get here, we all want to continue to work that hard and, and stay here. And, it's really tough to do. Um, it's not going to last forever, but we're going to make it last as long as possible. What has been the impact of Chad coming off the war wagon, now heading up the competition department? Instead of laying hands on the 24, he can lay hands on all the cars. Are we starting to see the fruits of that labor that he's involved with? Yeah, I think so. You know, Chad has been great to work with. Um, he definitely steers the ship in the comp meetings, which I think is good with the four of us, you know, me, Kyle, William, and Chase, um, if you let one of us steer the ship, it probably wouldn't go very well. So <laughs> having him to lead the comp meetings is, is a good thing. Um, it's, it's just cool to have him and have his knowledge and have his competitiveness, his drive and his, his honesty, you know, he's, he's definitely, um, he keeps you on your toes. So it, it's great to have him. I think it's been going really well. And, you know, as, as much as uh, as Chad would like me to say, hey, it's all Chad. That's why we're running great right now. I, I think it it's really top to bottom. Each and every person at Hendrick Motorsports working so hard, no matter what the position or or job is, um, everybody there is just crushing it right now. And it's so cool to see. It's cool to see the atmosphere. Um, and it's fun to be a part of. You know, I've I've been a part of my fair share of different levels of race teams. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see so many people so pumped up at work every day and, um, and bringing such fast race cars to the racetrack. We're about to start the stretch run to the playoffs, 10 races to go. Um, you've got a handful of races, actually six, before we have our next break. You've got Nashville, which will be the Ally 400. I know you're looking forward to that. Uh, a couple of races at Pocono. You got Road America, Atlanta, New Hampshire. On the other side of the break, you got two road courses in Watkins Glen and Indianapolis, Michigan. Then you've also got Daytona. Any reason to believe this is going to stop? I mean, it seems like you guys are good on any type of racetrack and you're in that run, is this a fragile moment of the schedule where you don't want to blow it? Or there's some confidence coming up to some tracks that you know you'll be good here, there, there, and there. Yeah, I think there's a lot of places we're confident for. Um, you never want to blow it, but I feel like we can be really strong each and every week. We've turned some of our worst racetracks into places that we've won at. You know, Richmond, if you would have told me two years ago that I was going to go to Richmond and win, I would have laughed at you. So, um, uh, I think we can go anywhere and win. Maybe not New Hampshire, but 
probably anywhere else. I've, I've torn my, my fair share of stuff up at New Hampshire, but yeah, I mean, um, just trying to rack up some playoff points, be, be in the best position we can and, and ultimately go win more races. Um, you know, top 10 in points getting into the playoffs is, is key to get a couple more bonus points and race wins give you more bonus points too. So doing all we can to do that, it's going to be a, a busy stretch for us for sure. I've got a lot going on over the, over the next couple months. I, I run like seven sprint car races in, in July. So I'm excited about that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be here before we know it and, and we need to be strong and in a good spot for it. Do you ever make the clean break and come off of the racing front and do something that's not associated with racing to get, to get balance or is the sprint car your balance to what you do in the 48 ally car? Yeah, I would say the ABR stuff is, is my balance, whether it's midget sprint car, the drift car. Um, no, I've actually never raced a sprint car. I've got like 10 laps in a wing sprint car ever. So July is going to be pretty interesting. Um, I run seven races in 11 days. So that's going to be tough. I'm going to get my butt kicked. Um, my goal is just to, to try to continue to improve and um, make the features at least. We're just going to local shows. So going to try to at least make the show and, and get laps and, and learn. Um, you know, I've watched Kyle be so good in cup cars and really so good in everything he drives, but I think his comfort level in a wing sprint car really makes him um, way better in everything else that he drives because they're so fast. So going to try to catch up to him a little bit and, and learn what I can. And, and I have a lot of fun doing that, whether I'm driving them or just working on them. Um, I'm going to Indianapolis next week to, to crew chief my pavement midget with Josh Wise driving. So that'll be fun. Um, I, I love that stuff. You know, I'm here at ABR almost every day and that's really, uh, that's definitely my balance. I, I wouldn't pick to do anything different. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR will make its long-awaited return to Nashville this weekend with the Cup Xfinity and Camping World Truck Series. They're all headed to Music City for Father's Day weekend, and so are we. Kyle Ricky had a chance to preview the weekend ahead. Kyle? Music City, USA. NASCAR makes its big return to Nashville, Tennessee this weekend, and everyone is excited to see cars on the track. The Cup Series has never raced at the Nashville Super Speedway, and it's been since 2011 since the Trucks and Xfinity Series last raced there. Austin Dillon says Nashville holds something special for him. You know, Nashville's uh, definitely uh, kind of kicked off my cup career. <clears throat> One of my first full-blown cup tests was uh, Nashville leading into that season. Um, we got to go test with the team, had a good time, and then, uh, yeah, you know, went in there in the trucks, finishing third there with uh, KHI. Uh, I think David Hyder was my crew chief, and uh, we had fun in Nashville, you know. It was, it, it was a good track for me. I kind of found something in the last uh, session of practice in trucks and um, just carried me through that weekend. We were able to really be fast and competitive and um, looking forward to going back. I always felt like if we got a shot in the cup car, it'd be a good track for us. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. says he has spent a lot of time testing and thinks the track will give drivers a good challenge. 
Yeah, I spent a lot of time testing quite a few races there as well. You know, the racetrack's difficult. It's concrete, uh, one of the bigger concrete tracks that, that we have, and it races quite a bit different than I feel like a, a lot of racetracks. With that concrete, uh, kind of how flat it is in, in areas, you know, but the racetrack is really wide, but we all seem like you want to fight for one area of the racetrack, which I feel like is the bottom groove. It'll be interesting to kind of see. We haven't had cup cars on it. Obviously, the package that we have is, is totally different than anything that we tested at, at Nashville back in the day as far as with a lot of the cup cars that we had. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's uh, it's going to be a lot of unknowns, even though that, you know, we all have a lot of notes and, and tested there. I hope it lays down rubber. I hope the tire that, that Goodyear brings will, will lay down a, a decent amount of rubber so that we can start moving around and, and using different grooves. William Byron is relying on the truck race to help him for Sunday's race. You're not really going to have a good feel, you know, in general. And I think, you, you know, Nashville is going to be one of those places that you've just got to adapt and learn. And, and uh, you know, I feel like it's it looks like a super speedway, but it's more of a short track in terms of the, you know, how tight the corners are. So it's uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, that, that's going to be one of the toughest places we go just because we don't have any notes on. I'll rely heavily on the truck race and, and just all the all the races throughout the weekend just to adapt and learn so it's going to be uh it's going to be a challenge like i said but a new a good to have a new environment to go to and and good to have excitement around a race like that ross chastain says nashville taught him a big lesson that he carries with him today it was a bkr truck it was my first time with them um i didn't know what i was doing looking back i didn't know i didn't know and um we were just going through like a test plan i'd never I don't think I'd ever tested before. Maybe, maybe I'd been there. I don't know if I'd ever been there, but like we're just changing, like we're changing spindles, like something that you don't need to hustle the truck. You don't need to tr go try to make a lap time. You just need to go run 25 laps and evaluate if it's turning better, or if it's tighter. And it was getting tighter, and I told him that. And uh, I was working with Doug Randolph, who was Ryan Blaney's crew chief. And he's like, just, just run out the, you know, you got 12 more laps or something. I was like halfway through the run. And I came around and I got tied off of four and I didn't lift and I knocked the turn four wall down. So um, big, big learning moment there. And it's something that I, I've never forgotten. Um, and it's taught me a lot about a lot of these mile and a half. Like early on, like in my career, I thought stay in the gas. And we were on the gas so much in the truck series that just stay in it. And um, that was a big, big moment for me. Um, humbling for sure. Um, it was a rough week following that, but I, you know, I just had to learn from it, and that was that was part of um, part of my early years for sure. Motor Racing Network will have all the on-track activity this weekend covered, starting with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race on Friday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturday kicks off with Cup practice at 2 p.m. Then the NASCAR Xfinity Series hits the track at 3 p.m. Eastern. Sunday starts with Cup Series pole qualifying at 11 a.m., followed by the Ally 400 pre-race coverage starting at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time right here on MRN. Coming up, we'll chat with country music star Chris Jansen and later another edition of This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. You can't go to Nashville, Tennessee without listening to some country music. Country music star Chris Jansen, a Grand Ole Opry member and platinum-selling recording artist, he'll have the live concert prior to Sunday's Ally 400. Our Dylan Welch sat down with Chris to discuss his love for racing as he prepares to take to the stage. Chris, first of all, thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time to join us. But uh, I got to ask, are, are you a NASCAR fan? You know, we get we get to talk to a lot of these guys, and and uh, and some of them are, some of them aren't. So, are you are you a NASCAR guy? Yep, absolutely. I was kind of raised around the culture of racing, and thank you for having me on. By the way, too, looking forward to having a great uh, show. It's going to be awesome bringing it back to Nashville, and uh, I'm really really thankful that NASCAR chose me. I'm thankful that the Ally 400 chose me, and. Uh, I appreciate it all. But yeah, I was raised around the culture, you know, um, I'm from the Midwest. And so, you know, it started with, um, it started with sprints and, and, you know, dirt track cars and things like that, which inevitably led to the NASCAR culture. And, uh, and I was raised around all those kind of, all those kind of guys. And so it was kind of naturally in my blood, you know, growing up, it's always been part of a fabric of my life. And, um, you know, now that I'm a grown man and married, my father-in-law is a huge NASCAR fanatic. And so it's, uh, it's still part of the fabric of my life. It's, it's around the house all the time. I've made some great friends in NASCAR, um, from some of the upper levels and, and some of the owners and, uh, several of the drivers. And so it's, it's been great. And I'm, I'm proud to be part of their community. I feel, I feel pretty much right at home there. I did the, I did the NASCAR awards, um, like about a year and a half ago. And it was really amazing uh, just before COVID. And um, it was a great way to kind of connect with everybody. And yeah, I've made some good friendships. It's been awesome. Cool. So before that's before we get into the the concert and stuff, I'm a sprint car guy too. So that's interesting to me that you are too. What tracks did you, did you go to and, and like, who were your drivers growing up that you yeah. cheered for? So I, I never really had any specific drivers in that world, but my dad is a car a restoration and painter. And so my dad was painting a lot of their cars and, gotcha. um, and, and refinishing them a lot. So I grew up in a small town in Southern Missouri called Perryville and the nearest uh, track that was kind of the, you know, it's like a lot of where the outlaws would come and things like that uh, for their pre-qualifying and things like that. It was Farmington Motor Speedway in Farmington, oh, yeah. Missouri. And uh, you know, all those little small rural towns usually had a, some kind of a dirt track. And so I was pretty much raised around that kind of culture for most of my young life. Very cool. So uh, Nashville is a city. There's, there's so much to do from an entertainment perspective. Uh, yep. Obviously NASCAR has, has raced there before at the super speedway, but bringing it back. And, and now with the cup series, obviously coming back to what's the vibe in the city is, you know, is everybody excited? You know, how excited are they to have the cup cars and, and NASCAR back, back in town? Well, I think it's amazing. You know, Nashville is, Nashville is called yeah, Music City, right? And everybody thinks it's cowboy boots and horse wagons and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> traditionally for years, they think country and Western. Uh, the, the, the reality is Nashville is an actual met big metropolitan city, and, and a lot of the surrounding areas are too. The great thing about bringing NASCAR back is you're bringing back what we call in country music, the P1 country listeners. You're bringing back the real deal country folks, and that's what it's all about. And so country music and NASCAR combined, man, that's that's about as real as it gets. You know what I mean? I mean, we were, you know, NASCAR, in my opinion, was built on the foundation of, of redneck drivers, man, you know, rowdy, rowdy people getting into mm -hmm. stock car, driving as fast as they can, rubbing's racing, uh, get out of my way. I want to win and beat you. And, um, and, you know, that's a lot like country music fans. And so they both go hand in hand. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, my fans personally, uh, are that way. And so, 
you know, the buy me a boat crew, those kind of people, man, uh, you know, those are NASCAR fans naturally. And so I think the vibe is the overall vibe that I'm getting from people. I mean, I just heard from a couple of buddies of mine yesterday uh, from a, from a local little sporting goods store there. And they were, they were talking about, Hey, what time are you playing? We're coming to the race, you know, so words out there and, uh, it's really exciting. You know, there's, there's people coming from all different surrounding areas and, um, and all the little small towns coming in for this. It's going to be great. We're obviously all excited, you know, here in NASCAR. And, and I know for you guys in the, in the music industry too, just so excited to have uh, people and, and fans back at live oh, yeah. events, um, you know, whether, whether it is sports or, or concerts in your case, how much fun has it been for you? Now, I know, I know you've gotten you know, back out there and, and performed in front, in front of people and, and that sort of thing, but how much fun has it been for you just to, to have that part of your shows back and, and, and part of the experience? Well, it's fantastic. Thanks for asking. And you're exactly right. I think that, I think that uh, it's a two way street, you know, it's not only me, it's not only the, it's not only the entertainer, whether that be me or a NASCAR driver or whatever you may be doing, but it's, it's 50, 50, it's for the fans too, man. And they're excited to be back and people want to do things. They want to get out and be a part of events and great events, such as this one we're going to be putting on and uh, what two better ways to put together with a great big race, bringing it back to town and a great big concert right before the race. So Really excited about that. Uh, it's been fantastic personally, you know, getting to feel the energy of the people because, man, I don't know that they've ever been so grateful to be at a concert. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during the shutdown of the pandemic, it was interesting because I celebrated my latest number one, which is a song called Done, which is a two-week number one in country music during a shutdown. So I was having, you know, this is just a few months ago, I'm having the great success of this big song and I can't go out and play it for anybody. So it was a, it was a really weird juxtaposition. So getting back into it now, um, you know, the year kind of flew by for me personally. I mean, it was you know, obviously long and tedious, but uh, you know, we stayed busy with family stuff and really just caught up on the things that we hadn't been catching up on in the last four or five years. And so that was nice. So now we're kind of getting really back into it and we're just full speed ahead. And it's really great. Uh, the people are excited. I'm really excited. The music is fresh again and fun again and you know i'm getting to uh i'm starting i'm starting on a new slate with a brand new number one under my belt so that's so that's good and um it makes it just that more exciting i'm working on a new album which is great um with my label in town warner brothers and so that's good but uh you know thankfully man we've had a really good run here uh, which all you know is going to be a great prelude to a great race and a pre-game concert basically i call it pre-game it's pre-race whatever it's uh it's the pre-hype concert man uh, so you know what it's going to be a perfect timed out thing too just a bunch of hits fix a drink buy me a boat done drunk girl good vibes um, all of all of those above and and then a few extras I even got a, uh, a special guest uh, coming to join me which I won't announce today but it's going to be really exciting especially for those real deal NASCAR country fans uh, they're going to love they're going to love who I'm bringing in as a guest uh, it's just you know what you got to do that kind of stuff when you're on the home turf and wanted to invite one of my good buddies so uh, it's going to be a win-win situation everybody thank you dylan coming up we've got this week in nascar history this is nascar live now back to mike bagley we're about to throw the checkered flag on this week's nascar live but before we do it is that time of the week for this week in nascar history and Susie armstrong is here to give it to us Susie. thanks mike 1987 America loved Whitney Houston as the superstar single, I Want to Dance with Somebody, ruled the top of Billboard's Hot 100. Ronald Reagan issued a challenge that echoed around the world as the 40th U.S. president beckoned Russian leader Mikhail Gorbachev 
to tear down the Berlin Wall. Margaret Thatcher wins in a landslide, becoming the first British prime minister in 160 years to serve a third consecutive term. And Tim Richmond got the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet percolating on the Turkey Triangle, driving to victory in the Miller High Life 400 at Pocono Raceway. you got to wonder how many times Tim Richmond has had this dream since he's missed so many races this year. He is showing the way off turn number three. Looks like he's going to do it. Out of turn number three, Tim Richmond heads down to the start-finish line, and he is going to win here this afternoon. The Miller High Life 500. The arm goes out the window, and Richmond wins by seven or eight car lengths. The Backstreet Boys' smooth moves and tight harmony turned up the wick on the boy band craze as everybody bopped from CD players nationwide. Inseparable friends Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte continued their life journey together as HBO launched the iconic Sex in the City. The Chicago Bulls beat the Utah Jazz in Game 6 of the NBA Finals for their third consecutive title and Michael Jordan's sixth championship. And it was Mark Martin from downtown in the Irish Hills taking advantage of a turnover with 20 to go in the Miller Lite 400 at Michigan Speedway. Mark Martin basically all by himself looking for the checkered flag off turn four. Jeff Gordon led all but 16 to the first 150 laps of this event, but in the final 50, it was Mark Martin who asserted himself at the front. Mark comes to the checkered flag and scores his fourth win of the 98 season. Mark Martin takes the Miller Lite 400 here at the Michigan Speedway this afternoon. In 2014, Australian rapper Iggy Azalea was anything but clueless, pairing with Charlie XCX to top the charts with the electro-hop hit, Fancy. Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum were together again at Deep Undercover and the buddy cop action comedy 22 Jump Street. And Jimmy Johnson was no joke just outside the Motor City, besting Kevin Harvick in the final 10 circuits to win the Quicken Loans 400 at Michigan. Jimmy Johnson is midway up the back straightaway. Here he comes now to the entrance of turn number three. Finally trying to get to Gatorade Victory Lane and Michigan International Speedway. And he's well on his way as he makes his way to the second line. On Father's Day 2014, the Michigan curse ends for Jimmy Johnson as he will win the Quicken Loans 400. And it gives Hendrick Motorsports five wins in a row here in the 2014 season. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd like to thank Kyle Larson for joining us on this week's show. Also, our thanks to Eric Moses, Alex Bowman, and Chris Jansen. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you as well for joining us. We'll chat with you again this week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, 
Have a great weekend. Enjoy Nashville, and we'll talk next week. So long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.